Have you ever felt peer pressure? I think all of us have. A family from Myanmar who came to know Jesus experienced extreme peer pressure when they were asked to visit the local Buddhist monastery. Brother John tells us how many local Buddhists had gathered to pressure this family to renounce their faith in Christ. Four to 500 people were there together and inside the monastery they saw about 40 to 50 Buddhist monks from different places and the leader of the Buddhist monks start asking if there is any Christian among them. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help right now on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we are in our studio today in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, with one of our sort of first-name-only guests. You know, sometimes on VOM Radio we have people we can't share their full name because of their security. This week is one of those weeks. So our guest today, we're just going to call him Brother John. He leads a church planting ministry in Myanmar and one of our VOM partners there uh, working to plant churches, working to support the church. Brother John, welcome to Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you very much, Brother Todd. As we start out today, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the book Tortured for Christ because I know it impacted you, it impacted your ministry, it continues to impact your ministry. And uh, as you know, this month we're celebrating 50-year anniversary of Voice of the Martyrs. So talk to me a little bit about how you first got a hold of a copy of Torture for Christ and, and how it made a difference in your life and in your spiritual walk. For me personally, I never wanted to become a minister of the Lord, and I never planned to involve in the ministry but it was in 1997, in my final year of BTH, the Lord turned my life upside down and I commit myself to the Lord to involve in full-time ministry. And when I decided that, I had been hearing a name called Reverend Lalsung Nunga, whom we know as a man of God in Mizoram. When I decided to serve the Lord as a full-time minister, I always want him to pray for me. And uh, on my way back home to Myanmar from India, I stopped in Aizol. And uh, one day I went up to him and asked him to pray for me. And when he prayed for me, he told me I can stay with him in his house if I want. And that was a big surprise for me. And I was very happy to stay with him for a while. And when I stayed with him, he told me that the training center that we stayed in was dedicated by Reverend Richard Wombren in 1991. Reverend Lalchung Nunga invited Reverend Richard Wombren to come and visit to uh, India in Aizol, and they had a wonderful conference also. And uh, before I leave the house, heading back home, he gave me a book as a, a special gift. And I took that book and went back home. And when I got home, in Myanmar, one evening after having dinner, I took out that book and opened now, that book. Let me interrupt. You. Was it in English or was yeah, it? Yeah, okay. it's in English. Okay. Yes. All right, go ahead. I opened up uh, that book and start reading. 
And when I start read that book, it was uh, totally different from some other books that I used to read, and it is touching me a lot. And uh, after reading for a while, it brought me to my knee, and I was praying with my tears. And after praying, I kept on reading, and it brought me to my knee again. And keep reading, brought me to my knee again. Until I finished reading, I could not stop. When I stopped, uh, I finished reading that book. I was on my knee with my tears, praying to the Lord, what is asking, what is His will in my life. And since that time, my perspective and uh, my worldview and my vision, everything is changed and my Christian life is completely changed. And I think this book is one of the best books that I have ever read and I wish every Christian should read that book and that book is called Tortured for Christ, written by Richard Wombrand. And we here at Voice of the Martyrs uh, agree with that. We, we hope every Christian will read that book as well. In fact, if you want a copy, we'll send you one for free. Uh, if you go to persecution.com, that is our main ministry website. Right on the front page, you can request a free copy of Tortured for Christ, and we will send that out to you. It is a powerful book. Uh, it is an impacting book. John, what part of, of Pastor Richard's testimony maybe grabbed a hold of you the most or inspired you the most? Pastor Richard Wombren was willing to pay the price for sharing the gospel whenever he gets a chance. He doesn't really care about persecution or problems or whatever the cost is. He was willing to share the gospel. And moreover, when he was in 14 long years in prison, he never renounced his faith, still very faithful to the Lord. And it was amazing to know his story that he loved his enemy very much. And when he was kept in a small cell, a guard saw him praying and he took him out and beaten him very badly and sent him to the same cell. And again, the guard found him that he was praying again. He beat him very badly again. And it went on like that many, many times. And when God asked one day, when your prayer is not helping, why you still pray? Why you still want to pray? Pastor Richard would reply him that, I am praying for you. That shows all his love for his enemy, the one he's beating him almost every day. He is willing to pray for him. That shows an amazing love that he has in his heart for his soul. Amazing testimony. Again, you can get a free copy of Tortured for Christ at persecution.com. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother John. He is one of our partners in the country of Myanmar. John, the, the political system in Myanmar has changed over the last several years uh, with the release of Aung San Suu Kyi and then the elections there. There's been more democracy. There's been more freedom. How how has that affected the way Christians are treated or the level of persecution? Has that changed as well? Yes, after we have our new government, 
the political situation has changed a lot and uh, our new government is trying to prove that there is a real freedom of religion in the country. But at the same time, when our new government is trying to show that the Buddhist monks and the local community are becoming more radical because they are afraid that if the government is giving uh, more freedom to other religions, especially they believe that Christian will grow very rapidly. And they are very much afraid of that. And the Buddhist monks and the people in the country, those who are Buddhists, are trying to prevent their religion. There is an association called Buddhist Monks Association, and they are kind of so much radical. And Young Buddhist Association, and they are really strong, and they contact each other. They use a lot of internet and all, and trying to prevent and do their best to prevent their religion. So when persecution happens, it's not typically the federal government or the national government. It's coming at the local level, at at the village level, the village elders, uh, the Buddhist monks in the village. Is, is that accurate? Yes, that's true. So what does that look like? Uh, I mean, what does persecution look like for, say, a Buddhist family in a village that comes to faith in Christ? Uh, whoever accepts Christ as their personal Savior, and the main thing is when they take baptism, the Buddhist people think that they are betraying their family, their religion, and their culture. So uh, that's the main thing that caused them to beat them very badly and kick them out from their village. I know you work with a family that was heavily persecuted earlier this year. Talk a little bit about that story and, and what happened to this family really quite soon after they came to faith. Yes, for the first time, the two daughters got some gospel tracts. They read it, and uh, they were interested to know more about Jesus, and they went to a gospel camp, and the two daughters accepted Christ. And they tried to share the gospel to their other brothers and sisters and to the parents and other brothers and sisters would tell them that their life can be in danger becoming a Christian. But they kept on sharing, sharing, and another one more brother and another sister also accepted Christ after two months. And they all come together and try to share the gospel to the parents. And lastly, the parents also accepted Christ. Praise and the Lord. they took baptism. And the news was spread. And the next day, they were called by the Buddhist monk in the monastery. And the whole family went up to the monastery. And when they got to the monastery, they were surprised to see many people in the monastery. And even outside of monastery, a lot of people. And they thought it may be four to 500 people were wow. there together. And inside the monastery, they saw about 40 to 50 Buddhist monks from different places. And the, the leaders of all that monk also was there. And they were asked to come in the front, and they told them to sit. And the leader of the Buddhist monks started asking if there is any Christian among them. And that family, the sad family, would raise their hand, and the Buddhist monk asked them to stand, and they all stood up and asked them why they became Christian. They told that 
we just don't become Christian. We just found a new God who is the creator of the heaven and the earth and the creator of the universe who loved us and who gave us his only begotten sons and Jesus gave his life for for us and they share all those things and uh, the Buddhist monk would ask many many questions and told them that if they are Christian they cannot promise for their security and uh, their life can be in danger lastly the Buddhist monk asks uh, whether they will renounce their faith but uh, the leader of that family told them that whatever the cost is they will be willing to follow their newly found God and Jesus Christ who gave his life for them wow and they dismissed them and told them that their security is not the concern of the community so if you're going to be Christians you might not be safe here anymore basically a threat yes so they went back home that evening a big truck came in front of their house and unloaded all the rocks and uh it unloaded five times in front of their house and unloaded i think four times at the back of their house and they didn't know what it's all about and the next day at seven o'clock the whole family met together and start singing quietly and praying and all of a sudden many people came surrounding their house maybe 200 people and start throwing stones to their house and they were very big stone and their house is completely destroyed and i also brought many pictures of that and uh in that night uh four adults and five children were there and they asked all the children to lay on the floor and the four adults covered them and if any rock got them directly to their body they would have died on the spot but the lord protects them only a broken pieces of rock got them and they were the four adults were badly injured but five children uh, didn't get get hurt praise and, the lord yeah and somehow they could call their pastor very secretly and their pastor went to the police station and religious affair officers and all after throwing the rocks for like four hours people went under their house and put a stick from the holes of the house trying to know that uh, whether they all are dead and when they didn't get any song they thought everyone is dead and they thought of burning the house they brought the firewood together and uh, put some gasoline and just before burning the house some neighboring uh, houses came and stopped them telling them that the fire can catch the whole village so they didn't burn so at about 12 o'clock policeman and the pastor and other religious affair officer got to that place and somehow they could stop all those local community and when they went into the house and see the family they all are still alive wow. the lord protect them they took them to the hospital and they asked to uh, the hospital to admit the four of them as they were badly injured but the hospital told them that they could admit only uh, one patient because before doing all those things 
they must have informed the police stations and the hospital and anywhere what the Buddhist monks and local community will be doing. And uh, the pastor took them to their house. And since that night, they, the whole family, not the 19 of them, the whole family members is 19, and the 19 of them live in the church. And so far still now, uh, the whole family and the 19 of them is living in at the church. And uh, when we heard that news, we asked help from Voice of the Martyrs Ministry. And immediately Voice of the Martyrs Ministry sent support. And since we get the information, Voice of the Martyrs Ministry is taking care of their food from that time until today and until they can resettle themselves, Voice of the Martyrs Ministry will be taking care of their food. And with the help of VOM, we have bought one motorcycle and uh, many kitchenwares and kitchen needs. Uh, we have bought a lot of them for them. And uh, the winter is getting closer now in Myanmar. And Voice of the Martyrs Ministry is willing to buy for them the blankets and all for them also. They have lost everything in their house. Everything is broken. Everything is cut into pieces. So they have lost everything. But whatever they need as of now, Voice of the Martyrs Ministry has been sending support. It's wonderful. What an honor for us to stand with brothers and sisters like that. You know, John, as you tell that story, I just I think about the planning required. When you've got truckloads of rocks being dropped off ahead of time, and then you have a whole gathering of people to throw the rocks at the house, somebody coordinated that and, and planned that attack. Yes. It was informed already, and even their own brothers and sisters of that family, I mean, uh, not the 19, the other family members, knew that they are going to Attack. throw a stone and wow. going to kill their own brothers and sisters. Uh, later on, uh, their own brothers and sisters came over to uh, the church and told them that they were not a part of the one throwing stones. They knew that they, are, they were going to throw, and all the plan has, has been made. They knew everything, but they couldn't inform them because if they informed them, their life can be also in danger. So yeah. they just kept it quiet, and wow. the plan was made, everything. The other thing that, that really strikes me about this story is these were new believers. Yes. They, they weren't, you know, they hadn't been to Bible school. They hadn't been pastoring a church for 20 years. They were new believers. And yet when given the opportunity, you can deny your faith and continue living in the village and we'll protect you, or— we can't tell what will happen to you, but it will be bad. They stood up and said, we're going to follow Jesus no matter the cost. How is it that such new believers could withstand persecution like that? I always think that becoming a true Christian doesn't happen just by a good preaching and anything, but when the Holy Spirit touched your heart and changed your life, then they become a true Christian. And whoever become a true true Christian and whoever met Jesus personally, most of the people that I have met in our mission field also, in among our new believers also, every one of them is willing to pay the price of following Jesus Christ, whatever the cost is. 
Wow. Yes. What a what a challenge for us and what an inspiration for us. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother John. He leads one of our partner ministries in the country of Myanmar. John, what does your ministry do? I know you train up church planters and you send them out. Talk a little bit about how you get them ready to go out to a village like that where they may be persecuted, and then how you encourage them and support them once they're there. Yes, we train them first uh, before we send them to the mission field because our ministry is focusing only the unrich people group in the unrich area, which means the hardest place in the mission <laughs> field. When we start sending our missionaries to the mission field, we always send them as a school teacher. It is the only way that the local community allow them to live in their village mm-hmm. As a school teacher. So if you come to the village and say, hey, I'm a pastor, I want to plant a church, uh, no chance. No chance. <laughs> they will be kicked out. But if you come and say, hour. hey, I want to help your children, I want to educate yes. them, everyone says, great, welcome. Yes. Yeah, so whenever we send them, we tell them what to do and what not to do. And they are very important in our mission strategy. What not to do are not mentioning themselves, not letting the local people know that they are religious worker. And not preaching at all, no preaching at all, no praying in front of them, no reading the Bible, no singing. That's the most important thing that they should not do as a missionary. But the important thing for a missionary to do in the village is to make a good friendship with head of the village or important peoples in the village and also troublemakers in the village because if he becomes a good friend of important guys in the village and troublemakers in the village, no one will dare to kick him out from the village. So so and, look for the, the most important men in the village and also the troublemakers in the yes, village and make yes. friends with those guys. Yes, and also we tell them to teach them how to read and write to adults and to the children also. And the important thing is telling at least one story to adults and one story to the children. If they share the story, the beauty and the beast today, the next day, the story of Moses and his God, the story of Jesus, the story of Abraham and his God, the story of Peter, because they don't know who is Jesus. Most of the villagers do not know about Christian. So they are free to tell any stories from the Bible as a story. So we tell them that unless they become one of the villagers, they would not share the gospel at all. And it took them one and a half years in some places, two years in some places, and even more than two years to become one of them. And after becoming one of them, they start sharing the gospel to them. And we start sending our missionaries in the mission field in 2007. And in 2009, they start sharing. And in 2013, we start building a church building where we had 69 new wow. believers. Nearby that village, we have 14 new believers, 70 new believers. And right now, uh, we are building one church nearby that village where we have more than 80 new believers. So by the time they get around to actually sharing the gospel, they've been laying the foundation with these stories for sometimes two years. Yes, that's true. So the villagers are ready. Yes. That is an amazing strategy, a, a great strategy. How does Voice of the Martyrs help 
in your ministry? Voice of the Martyrs has been a great, great blessing in our ministry. Voice of the Martyrs ministry is sending a sustaining support for each of our missionaries. So in our mission field, we have a pig farm. We call pig farm project for sustaining missionaries' families. So all our missionaries have five pigs each. We bought five pigs each for them. We built a house for them. And we also give money to buy food for the pigs for 10 months. So that after 10 months, they would sell all the five pigs and they would get all the profit, but they must save money for buying another five piglets five and pigs. and 10 months of food and so that it continue so and continue. Yeah, and they Yeah, they get all the profit. And all our missionaries have got now one camera each for the record and update. And also all our missionaries have got one motorcycle each. Whenever I travel in the mission field with all our missionaries, we don't have a proper road. So we walk on foot, and if we walk on foot, we can get only three miles an hour. So if we want to share the gospel to different villages, it takes half day, one day to walk on foot and share the gospel to them. But now Voice of the Martyrs Ministry provide them one motorcycle each so that it helps where we walk the whole day on foot. Now they can get it with their motorcycle within one and a half hours and two hours. So it helped reaching many places with the gospel. And after having all these tools, they could reach many places. And we have many daughter churches nearby villages also. This is the word from our missionaries, as Pastor Richard also said. Give us the tools and we will pay the price of using it. That is a direct quote from Tortured for Christ. It's the call of the heart of our friends in Myanmar that are serving there. We've talked about the tools and and helping them support themselves, helping them be able to get around. How do you get them ready to face persecution? Uh, Persecution, when we talk about persecution, when I was in Orissa as a missionary in 2001, after reading all this Torture for Christ book and many other books, my heart and prayers to the Lord was to give the gift of martyr if I am counted worthy. I always pray to the Lord. So you asked for the gift of martyr. Yes, I asked to the Lord for the gift of martyr if I am counted worthy. And I went to many places where a lot of persecution took place uh, for our uh, fellow Uh, workers, missionaries, but I never was beaten even a single time. I'm not looking for... You sound disappointed about that. Yeah, I'm not (laughs) looking for... I'm not looking for persecution, but if I were to face persecution, I would be very, very happy to face uh, persecution. You you see it as an honor. Yes, I see it as an honor, and I strongly believe that unless the, the Lord permits... Nothing will happen to me. And if he permits and if he, the Lord counted worthy, I'm willing to go through. And uh, I never experienced, came back to uh, Myanmar in 2003 and we start RMM, uh, our ministry in 2006. We sent missionaries, especially in one of our mission field. Most of our new believers 
were beaten very badly, kicked them out from their village. They faced lots of persecution. Without paying the price, they cannot become the follower of Jesus in our mission field. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother John. He is a gospel worker in Myanmar. As we finish up, John, I want to ask, because we always want to equip our listeners to pray, how can we pray for the church in Myanmar? Firstly, please give thanks with us for the church growth and the move of the Holy Spirit in Myanmar. And Myanmar has about 54 million people, and more than 40 million of people in Myanmar have never had the gospel. Even They have never had even a single time. And we strongly believe that everyone deserves to hear the gospel at least a single time. And uh, please give thanks to the Lord for the move of the Holy Spirit in our country and the open doors. And also pray for their faith to be strong in their faith and stand firm in their faith, whether they face persecution and opposition. And also pray for every one of us, especially for me and all our missionaries and all Christian workers in the country to be faithful. Myanmar is a poor country and we don't have many things to offer to the Lord, but faithfulness must be the thing that we can offer to the Lord, and faithfulness is very important for us. So pray for us to be faithful. Brother John, it's such a pleasure to have you here, uh, to, to minister alongside you, to be able to stand with you in the work that you're doing. Thank you for being our guest this week on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. It is a real great honor for me to be here this morning in the Voice of the Murders radio program. I am really grateful that it is the 50th anniversary of Voice of the Martyrs. And if Pastor Richard were here with us today, how happy he would have been seeing all the progress and the successful ministry with all this building and many workers and VOM reaching out many, many people uh, around the world. It's wonderful. Well, thank you very much. And I want to encourage our listeners uh, on a couple of fronts. Brother John mentioned what an impact reading Tortured for Christ had on his life and on his ministry. Again, if you go to persecution.com, you can request a free copy of Tortured for Christ. If you live in the United States, we'll send it to you free of charge. Uh, if you live in another country, I believe you have to pay shipping, but we will still send it to you. We want every Christian to read Torture for Christ, just as Brother John has shared. The other thing I want to share, and, and he talked about motorcycles, and he talked about pigs to support his workers. When you come to vomradio.net, you can give to the Frontline Ministry Fund. That money goes to buy things like pigs to help support gospel work, motorcycles to help workers be able to reach more villages, uh, tools and equipping for frontline workers, just like those that Brother John is helping to send out in the country of Myanmar. So if you'd like to be a part of that, you can be vomradio.net, click on the Donate tab, and just give to the Frontline Ministry Fund. Finally, I want to remind you to pray. This week, pray for the country of Myanmar and for the people there, for the church there, and pray that that the gospel will go forward. The, the fields are white for harvest. Uh, pray that God will send out workers into those fields. It's been great that you've been with us this week. I'm, I'm so pleased that you were able to hear Brother John's testimony. 
Next week, we're going to talk about the country of Cuba. We're going to talk about what God is doing in that island nation so close to our own shores here in the United States. So I hope you'll be back to hear more about that right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.